Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mortis FM, a Star Wars podcast. I am Grayson, one of your hosts. I'm Cole, the other host. Grayson, today we're talking about Mando Season 1. Yes, pardon the delay, but we're doing our Mando Season 1 retrospective. We have. I literally finished the show like 30 minutes ago because I'm a massive slacker. Uh, I, wa- did I watched all of it in one day. He did. <laughs> because... Because I thought we were supposed to do it earlier this week, and I was like, oh, man, I've been slacking. I need to catch up all the way. And then I just watched it all in one day. Cole is responsible, unlike me. Basically, I got sidetracked doing other things, and I was like, no, well. He, well, here's the thing, though. Technically, when I was doing it, it was at the last minute. For It was what I thought was the last minute. Because yeah. you told me, well, we need to finish it by the weekend. So... How, so, so so that's how you get me to finish these things. You just need to give me a deadline that's before a week before the actual deadline, yeah. and then I'll get it done. That's That reminds me of, like, I remember when I was younger. This is super random, but little exposition for Grace in here. Like, my, my great-grandmother, um, when I was younger, she was, like, chronically early to things. Like, she'd show up, like, an hour before the time that, like, was actually on time. Wow, which, okay. It, yeah, and so my... my <laughs> My parents would start giving her like the like a t- the time like an hour later, so that way she would show up like when it actually was starting. And then she yeah. started being like, "Man, people are here early or whatever," and they're like, "Yeah, like <laughs> because like," <laughs> which is so funny. Um, but yes, The Mandalorian season one. I mean, I'm good to just jump right in it if you are. Yeah, let's let, let's get right into this super recent Star Wars content, right? <laughs> I mean, Mando season one, huh? This this December or this fall, I guess, will be five. It'll be five years since the Mandalorian debuted. There's no way. Yeah. I I feel like you're lying to me. I know that you're not, but like my I'm brain's not. telling me I'm being deceived. It's it doesn't it doesn't feel right. It's like no, the it doesn't but, feel right. But I mean, it's the first time that i've fully rewatched mando season one since it has debuted i mean i've watched i rewatched the only episode uh was the prisoner that one i've rewatched before because that's one of my favorite episodes and we'll get into that in a second but i have yet to be like oh i'm just gonna go back and rewatch mando season one because i'm bad about rewatching tv shows um yeah it's a big commitment i would say yeah thankfully at least it feels like one yeah, I, I mean, like something like Rebels, right? That's something that I want to go back and rewatch, but that's a lot more because there's there's just more quantity there. But Mando, hey, it's yeah. only eight episodes. So, like, it's not that big of a deal. I just took forever to watch it. So Yeah, it it's when when, when you look at the uh, when you look at the quantity of the episodes, yeah. it kind of makes you think, well, this is a whole lot that this, yeah. this is a much bigger commitment. But uh, yeah, five years later, it's clearly been influential for you, my guy, with the with the mudhorn calf and then the Mando banner right behind you. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I like the Mandalorian. In fact, in my notes, uh, I think rewatching season one it cements that Din Djarin is back in my top three canon Star Wars characters. I, I he's so he's so good. So I all right, him. so 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 let's just go ahead and jump into like overall how how did this make you feel coming back into the to season one after so long because i actually i haven't watched season one since it came out you know when i finished it i was pretty much you know i was done yeah i i i want to go back and rewatch season two at some point well maybe we will get to that but like yeah just going back to rewatch this season I, I think this is the best season of this show. Uh, I It is. You're right. <laughs> I, I look back on this and season two was pretty close. Like, I think it does a good job of getting into that. But like this season just made me so happy. And there was many points where I was getting a, like kind of emotional because I'm like, man, yeah, 
I love this show and honestly the quality of it like I mean season three by no means was bad quality like compared to other things like the CG and stuff was fine but season one's quality like in terms of the cinematography by Greg Frazier uh, who did the Batman yes. Uh, yes. and Rogue One and uh, many other things that you and I love that that enough that alone is enough to like really put it leaps and bounds above other Star Wars content because it just looks so good it feels like it's just such a well-made project yeah i mean i i remember distinctly when the first episode started and you, you go through that intro of of mando you know taking down the guys in the bar and then uh like freezing the his mark in in a in carbon freeze right mm -hmm. it's i i thought to myself i miss when mandalorian was like this yep um and yeah, like again, we, we we've had long talks about Mando season three, and I, I don't think Mando season three is bad, but I feel like there is just there's a pretty stark contrast of production quality and mm -hmm. just kind of which one of these feels more like uh, intended art, and yeah. one of them that feels like they're trying to you know get something somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I feel um, like there was what they were trying to do with this first season, which I really yearn for, is kind of that adventure of the week. Um, but yeah. like, but the main story is like, okay, Mando is on the run with Grogu, you know, like that is kind of what's happening. And so he's, he's going from place to place to try to get, get some money so they can just stay on the move. Right. Which I never really, when I remember some of the complaints when season one came out, they were like, man, what's up with all these just like random episodes? Like, when is the plot going to progress? Cause those first three episodes are very like, they move the plot forward a lot. Yeah. And then, you and get then to... it turns into more serialized kind yes. of stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking that as well, but I was also like, you know, now that I'm watching, I mean, like when, when I was uh, rewatching it, I thought to myself, yes, this does feel like, you know, it is kind of episode of the week stuff. However, the way that it's done is all narratively relevant. Mm -hmm. um, it all kind of feels like stepping stones amongst the larger story it doesn't feel like i'm wasting time anywhere it just feels yeah. like oh you know the 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 conclusion isn't happening yet there's some more filling going yeah. on but it's good stuff yeah um so it I, doesn't really feel wasted yeah like i i mean the the main episodes that kind of what if some people would dub as filler but we do not would be the yeah. episode that's basically the seven samurai where they're on that one little town with cara dune and the mm -hmm. farmers I really enjoyed that episode this time around. Like I remember mm -hmm. watching it when it first came out and being like, yeah, that was fine. And watching it this time around, I really enjoyed that episode. Um, it was very Clone Wars to me. Yeah. It's funny because there is a episode in Clone Wars that the exact same thing happens, except the yeah. enemy with Hondo. It's just seven samurai again, but Anakin and Obi-Wan are teaching all the farmers how to fight on Felucia. Um, Literally, which, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it goes back to what we talked about on our visions uh, or when we were talking about visions when our, our 2023 stuff is that it's a Kurosawa thing. Right. And there's mm -hmm. they're paying homage to that. And Mandalorian is that like western samurai kind of vibe that they're going for um so it makes sense that they gave it another homage to that and honestly i have no problem with it because you got to think how many planets there are where there's just meek farmers just doing their thing and some yeah. big bullies pull up to i mean it, that's the star wars story right like it's just a bunch of, of the everyday people being oppressed by these these group of bullies right and they stand up uh -huh. and fight so yep. it's just a it's a little it's a niche version of the star wars story but um but I don't, yeah, those middle episodes, I kind of want to go and talk like episode by episode briefly because I have, yeah. I took notes 
throughout the whole thing because I was like, man, like I there's I have so many thoughts right now going through, and we've already talked about some of them. Uh, that being like the show is shot beautifully, and uh, and the volume looks really good in this season. Like, oh I think yeah, it just it feels. I know a big complaint with the volume, especially in like Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett, is it feels really like condensed on certain places, like. Mm-hmm. And that it just kind of detracts from the whole thing. But like Mando season one, for the most part, does a really good job of it feeling like they're on these big, wide open planets, whether it's Navarro or Tatooine or whatever. And I mean, it's not perfect. It's not the same of like Andor where they're actually there. But to be honest, it's it's good enough to be like, oh, yeah, like it looks like they're actually there. You know, I really liked the the presentation of the environment so just overall yeah. the environmental design i think i think a lot of that uh, can go to the cinematography as well mm-hmm. um like yeah. especially in episode one like the first time you, you see the glove with the uh man what 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 is it the tracking like fob the, yeah yeah the tracking fob so like you just see his hand come out and you hear the beeping the and beeping like, with the cold open thing of it uh, yeah was, I, I remember i was like oh man i like this is so good I, I really miss when mandalorian was like that and there's a part of me that still wishes that he was kind of doing that life yeah. i that's um, what I, so yeah i have a couple notes about that like i really hope that in season four of mando like he's doing this for the new Republic, right? Like he's kind of flipped the side now where he's not part of the guild anymore. He's not working for them. And maybe he still picked up the odd bounty, but you know, he settled down on Navarro. Uh, And looking back at like watching the season to where he's at in season three, it actually made me appreciate season three a little bit more. I was like, oh, there's there's a lot more set up here than I thought there was when I rewatched season three. Um, But yeah, like I just, when he goes into that bar, like one note that I have, and we we mentioned the Batman earlier because it was Mm -hmm. uh, the cinematographer, Greg Frazier was the same person. The way Mando fights throughout the season is also very similar to Robert Pattinson's Batman. Like it's true. Like it's, it's true. The, very the, heavy strikes and like yes, wide. The, yeah. the way they walk is even kind of Batman kind of walks with more of like a, a heavy stomp. But I have right here that like man, the, Din Djarin's walk is iconic, dude. Like the way he I, walks yeah. is so good, dude. The clank and just the the wide stance, like and the, the kind of tilt in his head as he's looking around is just so cool. I think you actually make a really good point because I wasn't thinking about that, but like, um, given the fact that Greg Frazier, you know, was the cinematographer for both projects, mm-hmm. the more that I think about it, the way that uh, both Batman and Mando are presented in their respective projects, they're presented as very uh, intimidating and imposing yes. in every scene that they're in. Like, typically, it's a, uh, it's from a, uh, what is it? Um, like, it's a, it's a shot where you're kind of looking up at them. Yes. Um. And like it, they, they basically dominate the shot that they're in. Um, yeah. Oh man, it's just that's really that, good. It's something that Connor says on Beyond the Dune Sea, their show of like that silhouette and like that silhouette of Robert yeah. Pattinson's Batman and that silhouette of Mando. Like, dude, I, I was gonna say I'm looking up at the thing right now, just kind of looking at that. Like, if that was all black, right? If the, if if for people who are watching who are not watching video, I have this really cool Mando poster. Uh, or banner in, in the background if this was just an all-black silhouette you would know who this is you know that yeah i 100 percent agree and, and it's like you know, it's like a lego character yeah it really is that's the, like that's a, a huge point about it but one thing that makes that they gotta give this back to him dude the rifle the rifle is yes. iconic 
Yes, I was going to... That was going to be the next point that I was going to make. I miss his arsenal so much. Oh, I mean, dude. listen, he, he has gotten upgrades, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to deny that he has gotten some cool stuff mm. during his, you know, tenure <laughs> from season one to three. But I miss just that feeling of having all of this stuff at his disposal. Because, like, in the Razor Crest, he had, like, this whole, like, closet of yes, weapons dude. and he's got the rifle and then and then you get the uh you, you, you he gets the jetpack at the end and then he gets the uh god the the, the whistling birds whistling birds exactly yeah um man. it's i that leads me to another point i miss the razor crest dude that I do shit too. is awesome and i and i listen i love the n1 i think that's super cool but the idea, like we've talked about this before, like that, that the Razor Crest is, first of all, able to store bounties because in the first season or the first episode in the first season, we see that he's been freezing his bounties in Carbonite and stuff like he's mass yeah. collecting bounties and then going back to Navarro and being like, yeah, here's the seven people that I froze in Carbonite, you know, um, but like that the Razor Crest, like people kind of rag on it throughout the whole season of like, oh, this old thing. I'm like, bro, the Razor Crest is sick. Like well, the, I, the Razor Crest is basically the Millennium Falcon of bounty hunter ships. Yes. You know, like it's people will look at it and go like, oh, this hunk of junk. But it actually pulls things off quite well. And actually, yeah. I, I really like that that point that's made in the prisoner episode that um, they like using it because uh, it's not registered in the New Republic database. Yep. And so it can't be picked up by their scanners. Yes. Which is just like it's basically just this ghost ship, which I think is really great. Yeah, it's the idea of like it's a classic muscle car, you know, or like oh, like yes. you know, yeah. you choose a brand new ship, that's your your Lamborghini, but this is like your you know your old your old school Ford from the fifties and sixties, right? Like the yeah. and it's it's you know it, it it may not be up there with like the all time best, but it's got the the bells and whistles to make it a, a potent ship. Um, mm. And I just I miss it a lot. And I mean, yeah, the in the in one is dope. Uh, I love that ship, but I definitely miss like kind of the, you and I feel this way about like our ships. We really like the, where they kind of feel like a home, you know? I was about to say, we, 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 we miss the mobile home ships. Yes. Um, because the thing is, is like the N1 is great. It's one of the coolest starfighters I've seen in mm -hmm. canon Star Wars to date, but I think Mando needs more of an arsenal to carry with him wherever he goes because in the end one he doesn't have any space yeah uh I mean he he, just... he basically yeah yeah exactly <laughs> he's he's just kind of what, what what are they called like little Italian cars basically oh, yeah he's in a clown car bro <laughs> exactly he, he just doesn't I, I miss the razor crest because it had so much space within it you know yeah my guy even had a toilet in there I mean of course Dude. he did but <laughs> yeah like, bro, we, we gotta have a toilet I mean the, the, starfighters are awesome but I, yeah you and I like we love I mean I love the falcon I love the ebon hawk I love I mean the, oh, the slave the one uh the fondor from Ant andor like, I love the fondor just, dude yeah, one of my new like favorite those, ships. just being able to have a ship where you're able to like walk around and breathe is really cool but i mean yeah, yeah like you're, you make a good point from season one where like he has a really vast arsenal and even in season two where like he loses the razor crest but then he gets he has the uh the beskar spear i was like okay that's pretty cool that's a yet another yeah. melee weapon but then he loses that and now literally i'm not kidding in season three all he has he has no whistling birds all he has is a pistol and a jetpack that's it that's he all doesn't he even has. have dark saber anymore. Mm -mm, nope. Because that was like when he lost the sp spear. I was like, well, now he has the dark saber. That's awesome. Doesn't have that either. <laughs> I, I, I miss 
so I'll just go ahead and mention this. I miss the aspect of, of Mando season one that basically gave us the idea of kind of leveling up. You know, yes. like he gets the best guard and improves his armor. He gets the whistling birds. He gets the jet pack. It just he, you see Mando not only grow as a character, but also his arsenal grows. And yes. so uh, I, I love seeing that. But now we're kind of at a point where uh, his his arsenal is is regressing. Yeah. And you can see more and more, especially in season three at the end, that he's lacking in weaponry and kind of needs to ante up a bit because. Yeah. Like, I mean, his, like, Mando's, quote, hallway scene in season three was a lot of improvised weaponry. And while that really was cool. very, yeah, it was yeah. really cool, he wouldn't have to do that if he had more at his disposal. So, yeah. you know, I think it would be neat to start getting some more stuff. So hopefully we'll get that with uh, Mando season four or, you know, the, the, the Mandalorian movie. Because, yeah. um, I mean, if he's a part of the New Republic now, maybe they'd be giving him some new gear. You yeah. Know? I really have some resources. A really cool, like, uh, you know, beefed up, like, New Republic shuttle or something, you know, would be, That'd would be, be cool. dope. Um, but, but yeah, so the, I, I also have, the, like, I, I have a, a soft spot for, uh, brown armor Mando. Me I, too. Yeah. I, I, I will say, like, I, when it first happened, I was like, oh man, that looks, it looks so cool. Cause it makes him look really rugged. But then by the end of the season, I was like, okay, I do really like the kind of the classic all silver or the all metal look, but that Brown look of just like the chest plate and the, the tan shoulder pad with like the blue kind of highlight on it. It's just something yeah. about it that gives that man with no name vibe that I really like. Yeah. It feels very, uh, kind of like patched up rugged. Mm -hmm kind of vibe yeah um and sure i wh what i will say is that the beskar armor at this point it feels earned um like he's gotten there through tooth and nail right yeah. um because obviously like you know i i didn't notice this all that much but season one uh mando gets like messed up he gets beat bad. up a lot yeah um and namely his armor, like his his chest plate is like when he fights the mudhorn, it gets it's like it's it's, it's like hanging repair. off. It's yeah. hanging off. He has to like mess with it. Um, and so that that makes me think like yeah, that's basically some uh, physical foreshadowing to I need an upgrade. Yes. Um, and I that's that's very earned. I am kind of I am kind of glad that we're at a point where Mando has very much leveled up. But yeah, wow. he needs. I think he needs some new gear. Like I, I want him to not only be, uh, to not only improve still as a character, but also mm -hmm. to just get more stuff to mess with. Because you, yeah. the thing about Mandalorians, one of the reasons why people love them so much, is you know in Boba Return of the Jedi, he's got all this stuff that he's using. Didn't yeah. do him any good in the movie, but no, <laughs> you know it's still, it's still very cool to just see how much they have at their disposal in order yeah. to combat, uh sorcerers you yes know what I, mean? I mean that um, was they mentioned it even in this season that that was the it, it's interesting that din i'm jumping way forward but that din doesn't even really like he didn't even know because he was a foundling that like oh the mandalorians fought jedi a long time ago which is really yeah intriguing there's a lot of really cool lore stuff that was that was put in season one that i honestly forgot was mentioned here but um yeah but i'll i'll, I'll jump to that later um i'm like let me look at my uh we did that we did that uh oh i think that this first season is and i mentioned it a little bit is really close to like andor quality of, of like uh, i would agree like yeah. it's, i think andor is a, maybe like a notch above but like 
again that production value does so much for this first season with the the lighting on his the reflection on his helmet and the interior of the razor crest it just everything just looks so good it's it, production production wise mando season one is just extremely solid mm -hmm. uh it doesn't there really isn't a lot of it that that exposes any kind of cracks or weakness. It's just it's just a very solid project. Yeah. Um, and even though uh, Mando and Andor are extremely different series, um, yeah, you can definitely tell like the the level of care and quality put in there. Yeah. Um, which I think, like it 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 makes that that's why people put into question uh, so often about quality of these projects is because it's inconsistent. Yeah. Um, I think it would be better if we just put this level of quality in everything that we did. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll, yeah, that, that's another thing for another day. Yeah. Well, um, but speaking, yeah, I agree. Speaking of Andor, there's one little thing that I just want to go ahead and mention uh, is that in the final episode, or maybe the second to final, I think it's the final episode, Cara Dune says something that, she, and she says that she'll get abducted and put into an Imperial mind flare. And. Grief Karga yeah. says something like, oh, that's just myth or whatever. And is that what Bix goes through in Andor? Is that what that is? I don't, I don't know. That, I, when I heard huh. that, that immediately, I was like, that sounds like something that the Empire, like the ISB would use, you know, against like, you know, rebel diehards. But see, it's, but you and I, you and I were on a similar level, but thinking different things. When she said that, I was like, "Oh, is she referring to the thing that Doctor Pershing was put under in season three? Oh, where it wipes their mind? Yeah, because like they said that the Empire mm. used to use it as a torture device, but then they were using it for therapeutic purposes. I um, didn't even think about that. So I don't know. Mm. It could be either one of those things. Very, both very good it, ideas. They could be sourced from the same technology because they have to do with like neural sound. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were both like connected as like the same project. Maybe, yeah. uh, m maybe what what's going on in Andor is like kind of the prototype of that, right? Um, uh, and and like then, the, mm. yeah, the one that you see in season three is like the perfected version mm, it's interesting cool. it's so interesting that they repurpose that for uh rehabilitation yeah and it uh, also it would make sense connectively because the isb is heavily involved in andor and moff gideon is isb they do mention that like he's the he only is, he was the I only forgot person about that. that i thought i forgot about it too and it makes me so uh if anybody wants to go check it out i had a really good discussion with diamond figs and a star wars sith but i was on their stream yesterday at least when we were recording this and i was talking about like i think it'd be really cool in bad batch season three if moff gideon showed up uh just he's a background Ooh. character but like the fact that the whole cloning thing what happens with him in season three and the fact that we also got krennic in bad batch season two like we've gotten these sprinkles of different imperial yeah. officers i think even if just a Clone Wars style Moff Gideon showing up temporarily in Bad Batch would be a really yeah. cool little Easter egg. Uh, well, I was also kind of curious. What if uh, what if Moff Gideon showed up in uh, in Andor season two? That would be crazy, dude. The, I would yeah, love that. I mean, this this project, I mean, like Andor has had the most focus on on the ISB than any mm -hmm. other project has. And so, you know, what, what better to make a connection there? And now it would be basically pure fan service but it would still be really cool to see him in there i i think that is something that like would not harm the show i think some people are no. like that have made jokes of like well what if grogu shows up in andor and i'm uh, like that's yeah. not gonna yeah. happen but like someone like moff gideon 
even Thrawn, dude. Like Thrawn yeah. would make sense to show up in Andor, especially because the timeline is kind of around uh, Rebels. But I love yeah. just the idea of, I mean, this is jumping to Mando season three, but that Imperial Shadow Council, like, dude, even yeah. Brendel Hux would be really cool to see. Uh, or, uh, man, that that guy, I don't even remember his name, that, that guy in Rise of Skywalker. Um that oh, commands all those ships. He's like, I served you Allegiant, in the old wars and all. Allegiant you, Pride is his name yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, Pride. That would he be was cool. cool. I, I, I liked like him. him. I wanted more time with him. He was um, basically the sub for, uh, for like, because they had thwarted Hux's character by that point, and they were like, well, now we need a actual real First Order guy. <laughs> man, Hux could have done it. <laughs> Hux could have done it, man. <laughs> they. I don't want to talk about that. We're talking about. Uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, oh yeah, how about that? I have another thing. I'll, dude, the end of episode one when Mando meets Grogu, and there's a there's a parallel here that I wrote down. So I'm just kind of connecting my notes. I'm stupid. Yes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I. When they reveal at the end of the first season how Din was rescued by the Mandalorians. Uh-huh. I did not recognize that that was a parallel to, to Grogu meeting Mando for the first time of them reaching the hands up to each other. Like when Din is in that basement mm-hmm. reaching up to a Mandalorian, that's why he saved Grogu is because it happened to him. Yeah, I'm dumb. I well, never I never made that connection. <laughs> Well, you know, Grayson, these days media literacy is a difficult thing to come by. <laughs> but no, no, it's I mean, I- I'm going to be honest. I like now that you mention it, I remember that connection. Yeah. But now that I was watching season one, I just wasn't thinking about it. I mean, like yeah. I-, I knew I knew that he wanted to look after Grogu because it was, you know, resembling um, him being looked after as a foundling. But yeah. I, I wasn't thinking, oh, like the shot for shot resemblance. Like, I didn't yeah. think about that. I, um, I didn't either. And that's only because, like, that final shot of episode one to me is still so iconic of him, like, of Grogu just reaching out his finger and Mando just being kind of in this entranced state where he just kind of puts his finger down. Like, yeah, that's I still love that moment. Like, I, I think he, it's still so pure. W- without a word, he shoots uh, IG-11, you Dude. know, <sighs> doesn't even look at him. And mm-hmm. by the way. You know how much I love droids. I have to talk about this just for a second. Go for the it. animation for IG-11, when he's like gunning down all of these dudes in episode one, looks so cool. I miss that so much. Even in I the really, end, when he's when yeah. he's protecting Grogu on the speeder bike and he's going through and like yes. and he hops. Dude, he hops dude. off the speeder bike, slides, and then like flips his torso around and just starts blasting all of these Imperials. I'm like, IG-11 oh, is him, bro. Like, I I, IG, <laughs> I, I, I got a second grief cargo's words, but he, when they're cutting open the, the vent, he just goes, I love IG units. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> they're like, so they're so great. I mean, I, I love seeing them in action. I mean, you, you, know, you know how much I love murder bots and just mm-hmm. seeing one in action is great. That's why I really want IG-11 to, you know, kind of come back as like uh Dude, just how dangerous tr- he is they've tried to cut like because he because grogu like pilots him in season three which is such a interesting choice i, I totally forgot about that plot thread yeah <laughs> That's, yeah I, and i think ig got destroyed again so I, I don't even i don't he, remember he got destroyed again and then i think he he is now brought back as like uh i don't know it's it's like he's 
What, what, well, what, was this in the flashback? No, I, I swear I thought that they repurposed him at the end of season three, where they show Maybe. him that he's just kind of like this guy for the city now. Well, that, that was, like I thought that was at the beginning of season three, and then uh, I don't even remember. That's another discussion for another day. But I do love IG Eleven a lot, and Taika Waititi does a yeah. great job as him of being like this, the voice of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also played the. Uh, I played that VR for uh, Tales from Galaxy's Edge, where you get to play as an IG unit. That's I right. believe I need to play. As, I need to play that. It's so fun. You're, you're, te- you're IG-88, but the voice is still Taika Waititi. So that means that mm. Taika Waititi is just the voice for all IG units, which I kind of love. I think that's kind of great. I mean, it, it adds up considering uh, the the yeah the, the IG units, I think, in Legends were all made by the same guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't see why he would want to change their voices. Yeah. Um, he does a so. good, He has a really good cadence to his voice. And the, the yeah. like, it, he, he fits in there well. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I the, speaking of droids, uh, what do you think about Zero from Episode Six? Oh man, Zero is so cool. Like his his design, it, it's like it feels like Forlom, C three PO, and HK put into one droid. Right. Um, I really listen. I I love droids. I'm gonna keep saying it until the day I die. And it's funny because I have an iPhone. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think I, I think he just he he. One thing that I did notice is that his exact same design is in episode three of Mando. Uh, like you yeah. see him shooting Mando amongst all of the other uh, bounty hunters. And I, you know, I don't think it's the same guy, but when he's in uh, the prisoners episode, I just thought that that was really neat. I knew he was yeah. going to be a you know, one-off character, but yeah, yeah, he's, he's cool. He's cool. That, I like the voice. The Yeah. He's voice. I forgot his name. I, I he's, in a couple of different things, but, um, but yeah, I remember I was rewatching it and I was like, dude, zero is such a cool droid. Cause he, he's yeah. in that weird archetype where he's like still an astromech, but he is like sh- just strapped with like holsters and guns and everything. And yeah, he's got uh, the, he's got the gun holsters over his arms. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, I'll get to the pr- prisoners episode later, but, but, well, there's also another thing in that episode is that another droid, I think their design is super cool. They don't really do a whole lot, but the new Republic oh, droids, yeah. uh, the the ones that walk around, not the big like tube looking ones, the those new Republic droids, they're cool, man. I like those things. Yeah, they they feel like a um, they they feel like a, a new Republic version of the uh, the the K security droids. Oh um, yes, they do. Yeah, those like are a really. Mixture- they're like a mixture of the new HK droids that are in Ahsoka and then the yeah. the, the KX units the, that the Imperials have. Like, I feel like I remember somewhere that maybe they said that they actually did repurpose the KX series droids, but I don't hmm. remember. I mean, at this point, that wouldn't surprise me because we know that the New Republic loves to just, at this point, repurpose Imperial things. Or yeah. Although they are decommissioning Star Destroyers, but I mean, in Legends... They used they they used the star destroyers after they destroyed the 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 empire. They just put giant rebel symbols on them. It was uh, good tech. The tie yeah. fighters weren't, but the star destroyers were. I was about to say the star destroyers. There was a reason why they were they were so uh, so potent. But um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna look. What do you you got anything? I've got notes here, but I don't want to just well, my, keep rat, rattling off no, notes. <laughs> no, it's fine. My my favorite thing about this is that. It's so hard for us to talk about it episode by episode. It's so hard for me. Because anytime we bring something up, it 
connects to something either later on in the series or uh, in that season. And so we're yeah. just kind of going around everywhere. So yeah. let's say let, let's say this. I think I think we've sufficiently talked enough about episode one. I think we got yeah. a lot of that covered. So episode two, I missed I, I miss Kuil so much. Dude, I have right here. I love Quill. He's he was one of the best characters in the show, and Nick Nolte I, does a great job. I t yeah, I one hundred percent agree. I totally forgot that he um was was a part of the Empire. I thought I thought I that, that was a really cool plot thread there. Yeah, um, the fact that then, he like he like worked his way out of indentured servitude, and and Cara Dune is like I really like her contrast to him because she's like you know she is die hard rebel right and it makes yeah. sense she's from alderaan and that reveal i forget like was really cool i remembered she was from alderaan but i'm like oh it makes sense why she hates the empire so much yeah um, but yeah. but then she's like oh you worked for the empire and quill's like i didn't have a choice dude like and i hey i worked my way out of it like dude uh, he, he absolutely like washed her in that in that conversation like she he is yeah he he is very much like i did not choose to be there I worked hard to get out of there. You know, mm -hmm. I deserve this life that I have. I also thought it was really interesting of just how well versed with the terminology of like the, the galactic civil war that he is, because when he saw her tattoo, like he, he was like, Oh, you're a dropper. Like he, like he yeah. immediately knew. Yeah. Um, I just think that that's really cool. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, um, there was one thing that I thought, and again, here, here I go to the end of the season when, <laughs> when, when Quill dies, um, spoilers, sorry guys. <laughs> um, when when Quill dies and they at the end Mando buries him with the goggles on top of the grave, I thought like right then and there I was like, man, it would be really neat if like Grogu like had those goggles, you know, or like that, yeah. that hat or something. Um That'd be cool. I don't know, maybe he'll go back and pick it up one day I was about if to it say, hasn't blown away. I was about to say they're on Navarro, so maybe they it would be really cool if in the next season or in the man or in the Mando movie they like have a scene of them like visiting his grave, you know. I, I know it's yeah. not necessarily necessary, but I yeah. he just he was one of those characters that like I mean in the ensemble that Mando has of you know at least in season one that was kind of what they used in all the promotional material was that it was IG Eleven, Grief Karga, Cara Dune, and Queel. Those were like the and Grogu, of course. Those were like that was kind of like the main cast of the Mandalorian, but now Cara Dune is no more. Uh, Grief Karga's doing his high magistrate thing. He's obviously got Grogu and IG-11 is... Cara Dune is no more. <laughs> it's you like in-universe. She just blew up. I, I will say, like, just... And, and I'm not going to get into the whole, like, politics of it all, but, like, yeah. when, that, when Cara Dune first shows up, and I'm jumping to episode four because we can't keep track of everything, but I do have something about episode two in a second. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, uh, Gina Carano is not really good in the beginning, but by the end of the season, I was like, oh, I like her. Like, I I did really like Cara Dune. And it makes me sad that she's not part of that crew anymore. Yeah, um, I'm, I mean, I'm honestly like a, 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 on, on a more extreme level of that, where I feel that, like, I, I really enjoyed her character and her chemistry with, with Mando in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it sucks that she's not in the show anymore. Yeah, um, I, but it, it bumps me out. Like that scene where they're arm wrestling in the second to last episode and like Grogu chokes yeah. her. I was like, that's such a, like, they're such a, they're, I mean, 
they're like a, they're like um, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon. They're just like two bros, you know. Yeah. But which I kind of love, like the fact that like Cara Dune is such a, when she's like fighting that guy on that one planet with her like electrical tether thing, and she's just like yeah. she's getting such a thrill out of it. I'm like, I really like that with what they did with this character, like her her deep passion for almost violence and uh, and just the rebellion in general. It makes me. It makes me mournful. <laughs> uh, yeah, her. I think her character makes the universe feel very lived in. Yeah. Um, I just really love what her character did for um, just kind of expanding the universe, but also tethering the rest of uh, like the Star Wars uh, cinematic, you know, presence to Mando in a way that mm -hmm. doesn't feel uh, invasive, like like fan servicey. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, she was, you know, her homeworld was was from Alderaan. You know, she. Uh, she was a rebel. She was there on Endor, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so like it's, you've got some connections there, but she's not like, oh, I'm Han Solo or whatever, you yeah, know, like it's yeah. not like a cameo. Um, and it doesn't but, feel like heavy handed, like in your face where she's just right. constantly like they, they give you these little sprinkles throughout the show of like her past and the, like the best part about it or the, my, my favorite example of this is, uh, especially, in those last two episodes when Gideon is getting in all of their heads, when he's like exposing yeah. all of them, I was like, dude, Gideon is a, like, he is a mental force to be reckoned with. Cause he's just like rattling out all this information. He's like Kara Cynthia of Alderaan, like, you know, rebel, like rebel shock trooper. And I'm like, man, like he's they, egging them on. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they said one thing and then he just handed them all their IP addresses. Like, <laughs> exactly. He was like, um, <laughs> he's just that hacker guy on Xbox or whatever. Where he just types in everything and they're like, <laughs> I feel half tempted to just like create an edit where someone opens up an Xbox 360 voice message. That's just a grainy recording of, of Gideon saying all those things. Um, <laughs> But since you brought it up, just real fast, I, I laughed to myself really hard mm -hmm. uh, in episode, f mm, I don't know if it was four, but it was, uh, it's when Grogu, like, chokes uh, Kara um, very briefly. Oh, yeah. And, and I thought, and I laughed because I was like, I think Grogu knows something that we don't at the time. And I was like, I was like, I think he's onto something. It's something about Gina Carano. He, um, it was in that, when they're arm wrestling, he, like, thinks that she's a threat. Uh, no, no, I, I, I know. I just thought that it was funny that like Grogu like looked into the future at what Gina Carano uh, was yeah. gonna do, and then he just did that. Um, yeah. So I was just laughing to myself about it. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Like the, it's there. I'll be honest. Their first introduction to each other is really weird. Like it. I was like, what is happening right now? I have it written down where I'm like, why was Mando like going after? Uh, going after her and I think I concluded that it's like because he thought she was a bounty hunter which makes sense uh, yes. because like, they land on this planet and he's like oh she's after us or whatever but like they're it, to be honest like the idea of them like first meeting and them getting to this like fight and then they're like oh you're cool yeah you're cool let's be friends because you like they fought I was just kind of like okay like that's fine I guess it was corny but yeah, but I think I, I was I was open to it. I thought it was funny. And then Grogu um, showing up with his little cup of tea, like I'm like, bro, this. <laughs> that 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 waitress that Mando paid to keep an eye on him, like she did not do her job. Yeah, she just was like, here's some spotchka, and then just dipped, you know. But imagining um, just Grogu just teleported, like he just vanished. <laughs> 
he does that all the time, bro. He's just he like, does. he'll pop up out of nowhere. Like there'll be scenes where he's in one place and then the frame cuts and then he's like already down and walking. I'm like, is off camera. He's just like, like just speed walking. <laughs> Man, that, that just makes me think. Cause, um, we're, we're going to backtrack just a little bit here. When, when Mando no. resolves to go save Grogu mm -hmm. instead of leaving him behind, like when he's, when he sits down in his ship and looks at the ball, uh, I don't know, man. There's something about it because, like, there was so many shots just staying on his helmet, and you know, like, it's it's all about the, the the context of the scene that you fill in the blanks of what the character's feeling at that time. No words. You don't even see his facial expression. All you do is look at his mask. You you look at the ball, like, and you know what's going on in his head. And I just think that that's it's just so great. It happens so much throughout the show. There's even a point in the prisoner episode when he meets up with uh the guy from batman begins who's like wow you don't like falafel uh that oh is that that guy <laughs> yeah, oh my god that's that uh, detective flash uh, yeah will if uh, you're listening that was for you because we <laughs> and even there's a lot of batman references in my head but uh but yeah he like looks at mando and uh and I think they're talking about that it wasn't part of the deal for them to use the ship and Mando's like that's not mm -hmm. part of the deal and he gives this like Mando turns and like looks right at him and uh I think his name is like like Raph or something or like um and he's like oh like what's the look for you know like and it's just there's so much emotion just on his on just from this helmet dude like yeah. from how long he looks at someone to the tilts in his head to like it's it's so well done and massive credit to um to the stunt because it's usually just the stunt guys in in the suit in those scenes yeah. like i really think that the only time uh pedro is in the suit is in the last episode um mm -hmm. and that's only because what i saw is that never in throughout the show you see you don't ever see his jaw move when he's talking but when he reveals his face to ig before he takes the helmet off you can see his jaw moving with the line so i'm like okay mm. pedro's actually there delivering those lines um the rest of it they're usually just kind of probably they have recorded all of his lines and then they put it in there but um but yeah like mando is probably like the most prime example of a character that, Maybe like him and Andrew Garfield in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where they just give so much emotion from just having a mask. There's nothing there, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's so cool. It's, it's again, why it kind of goes back to why I think his, like, his walk is really iconic. Like, there's just so much about his movements and the way he tilts his head and his wide stance and the way he stands and everything that just, it, it adds so much to his character. He's very physically expressive. Yes. And it's not in like a wacky kind of way. He's not it's like just in a Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just <laughs> I mean also kind of like a uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. Like he mm -hmm. it's just the way that he carries himself physically. Yeah. That's all. And I mean actually it's almost exactly in that way because a lot of uh, Pattinson scenes he doesn't even speak. Um yeah. and he, and most of the time he just kind of has a, a deadpan look. It reminds mm -hmm. me of uh one of one of his first scenes uh when he is uh Con conducting uh, an investigation during the the crime scene and all he does is look at the floor and like he can tell that there's a, a piece of evidence that the detectives missed and he just looks yeah. at it and then he moves on he looks at like the wall moves on i don't know it, it's very it's very similar there and and i think mando uh kind of emanate emanates that energy and i feel mm -hmm. like we don't have a lot of moments for that because um in some of the later seasons, I feel like Mando, even though he is the main character, I feel like he hasn't been given 
as much time to do th that that sort of stuff. It's not very Mando oriented anymore. Yeah. Um. Those so. those first two seasons, especially, they they give a lot of uh of power to his like um his gestures and things like that. But um, there was something I was gonna say. Oh, I I literally have in my notes to kind of wrap this up, but uh, that I'm like literally. Mando is just Star Wars Batman. That's it's that's literally what he yeah. is. And the you know what the biggest the the biggest scene that likens it to that is in the prisoner episode when the lights are flashing and oh, he's like yeah. blinking. I'm like that's literally in, that's not in one but two different Batman movies. That's in The Dark Knight Rises and in The Batman. So yeah, I, he I, I love it. Dude, he he absolutely wrecks house in that prisoners episode. They made yes. such a mistake by turning on him. Dude, when he, I, I just, it's probably my favorite episode in the season, so I keep go, mm -hmm. going back to it. And it also adds a lot to his character, but like when he gets put in the prisoner cell and then he's like waits for the, the droid to like walk by and then yeah. uses the grapple to like pull him to the door and rip his arm off. Rips its arm off. That's yeah, dude. so wild. And then all the, he, he like turns on uh, like the security system or whatever. Yeah. Um. And then it just it goes. I mean, li it, it is literally Batman because it goes from different characters. It turns to, into to a him. predator map. Yeah, it turns <laughs> into a predator map. That's exactly what it is. Um, that's just so crazy. He's he's such a great character to follow. Yeah. Um. I I really think that season one, and you know, this might be a hot take, but I think season one Mando is best Mando. Like for, yeah, for his for his character specifically I, for Din Djarin, absolutely, dude. Like yeah, because I mean it's it's really just focused on him. Like he is just the main character. Yeah, so. they don't focus a whole lot. I mean, I'm glad that they later seasons they do flesh out Grogu more. But in this season, yeah. it's like it's no, it's it's about him, you know. And of course, he's protecting, um, he's protecting the child. But it's it's very focused on him and his backstory. So I hope we kind of get uh more to that, but. Anyway, back to episode two, and this is, and I'm not <laughs> trying to like dwell on it too much because I'm I'm fine with hopping around. But yeah. one scene that is still one of my favorites in all of the Mandalorian is the fight with the Mudhorn. I think it's yeah, it's so good, dude. Like it's also just very uh, evocative of Django versus um, the Reek. Um, yeah, which that's I true. Noticed, which was like when when he uses the, the the hook and he gets like dragged through the mud. It's the exact yeah. same way that Mando did it, it's, or that that Django did it. Um. Mm. It just happens like that. Um, yeah. But also, w when he's about to get taken out by the Mudhorn, um, and he just... He accepts his fate, but he also takes out the knife. and almost the vibra in, knife? In, yeah, yeah, in kind of like a, a, a pious pose, almost. Yeah. Like, he just... He, he knows that he's probably going to die, but he's going to, you know, take this thing out with him. I, I just... Yeah. It's, it's such a, a character for him. It's such a Mandalorian thing, you know. Like that's yeah. they're they're all about the glory and the honor in battle, right? And mm -hmm. uh, and we see a lot of his like honorable nature in this season. And they, people are like, oh, you know, your honor and your code. Which I think back in Legends, people didn't necessarily think that much about the Mandalorians. Like I remember mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I always viewed the Mandalorians as like, oh, they're just warriors, you know. And yeah, they are all about like the glory of the battle and everything, but they're not like good people. Whereas I'm like, no, I like that the the framework of you know, I mean, yeah, sometimes they do bad things, but for the most part, like the Mandalorians are a, they are a, a creed of noble warriors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I, I will think about that from time to time, especially when the, the, the older public 
mm-hmm. is uh, is put into question because um, like I love watching the the Galactic Archives from Star Wars: The Old Republic MMO. Um, it talks a lot a lot about Mandalorians, yeah. but. Um, oftentimes people will kind of talk about, well, are, are the Mandalorians inherently evil? And the thing is, they're not, it's just warfaring and conquest is a part of their religion, essentially. Like, it's just, it's all about battle and, you know, like glory. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it makes for a, a very interesting, um, clan i guess because because they're, yeah. they're not a race they're not a species but they're a people yeah um and i really just the more that i think about it i really love how just mandalorian culture is just being constantly uh expounded upon in canon yes because a lot of it was just kind of conjecture in legends for a long time but now it's all being very solidified which is why i just want a story about you know tarvisla I yeah, think dude. that that would be I, so sick. I, I was going to say two things that I really want to address that I have a lot of notes about is there's a lot of references to the Night of a Thousand Tears, which mm-hmm. at the time was kind of confusing because people were like, we the last we had seen of the Mandalorian significantly was in Rebels, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were like, oh, well, like, but they they didn't get wiped out in that because there was that art that happened when season four came out of rebels were of like of all the helmets and the ash and everything. Yeah. And we were like, well, like that didn't really happen, though. And then to be like oh in that time gap the mandalorians have been wiped out that it did fail and of course yeah. bo-katan lost the dark saber so like that that stinger reveal at the end is still insane to me but just the foreshadowing in general of the night i say foreshadowing because we get it is that they show the night of a thousand tears flashback in book of boba fett yes i think they do yeah with, with the kx ah! droids yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, the Man. KX droids. They're in, like the bombs are dr- like. Anyway, I'm not getting. We're, we've talked enough about that, but it's my favorite love- Boba Fett related scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Boba Fett, man. Uh, <laughs> that I still love the acknowledgement of that. But even then, when they're talking about the, the you know, the war against the Jedi, um, yeah, she mentions Mandalore the Great. You know, yeah, and she he- calls him Mandalore the Great, which I yeah. I just think is very interesting. Yeah, and I, I'm like, man, I wanna, I want, like, I again going back to our last episode, like, I want to see that story, dude. Like, it's just, it is yeah. ripe for potential. Um, and oh man, there was one thing that, uh, oh, I, I, that I was gonna mention is that it's kind of crazy to me that they had been connecting all of this because five months later, when the show ends, uh, not even we started getting uh, or Clone Wars season seven, and right. which ended with Siege of Mandalore. And just we talked about it last uh, last episode, but the device that they use on Maul for force sensitive beings, like the yeah. fact that they were sprinkling and that through there of like, oh, there was a war with the Jedi, and here's a device yeah. that suppresses the force so they can be locked up, like that. And you know, also getting that like, Bo Katan, uh, and then later that year we ended up getting Mando season two where she shows up. It's just, I was like, man, like they really, it, it, in hindsight, it's it's kind of cool to see how they connect these certain plot threads especially with the mandalorians yeah wasn't that wasn't that at the time that they had basically announced that there was some old republic based movies that were being worked on that didn't kind of come into fruition i'm wondering if that was when they started sprinkling stuff because i mean star wars does this thing where they will introduce plot threads that don't get resolved until like a decade later yeah um so 
yeah, I mean, we're already halfway there, so I yeah, mm, just just give I, me some Mandalore the Great, Mandalore the Ultimate stuff. I was about to say that's got to mean it's still got to be their their next big trilogy. Like, it, sorry, if they're smart, that should be their next big trilogy. You know, is like, hey, there's just so much. The sky there. There's so much there. That's that's a, at least a decade worth of content right there that they could they like of big movies that people could go and see. Like once Mando the show gets wrapped up. If you tie the name of like the of Mandalorians in those titles, you know, like yeah. uh whatever it's like Star Wars, you know, uh even if it was just called Star Wars the Mandalorian Wars Part One, Part Two, and Part Three, people would go and see that because they're like, Oh, Mandalorian, so what's cool. that about? And having like a an expositional crawl of being like, you know, two thousand years before the the uh, the rain or b- before the Clone Wars, uh, there was another uh, a another great war, not between droids and and uh, and Jedi, but Jedi and Mandalorians, you know, and and like just that whole. Man, I mean, that's, I'm, that's well, the, talk about that forward there, Grayson. <laughs> I got you, bro. Yeah, I just we're going on a another rant thing, but I just when we get these teases in Mando, uh, it just. I'm like, man, I love the Mandalorian culture because you and I both, we really like Jedi culture, but I'm like, this show did so much for the Mandalorians. I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking of my own forward now. We're like kind, kind of Ahsoka. Yeah. Where it's kind of like Ahsoka style where it shows up in red text. What if it says mm-hmm. like 2000 years before the night of a thousand tears, the Mandalorian clan showed the Jedi what it meant to be a fearful force or something yeah. like that. What or it like, you know would be really cool if it was if it was the red text, but it's in Mandoa, and then as it's ooh. progressing, it translates into to like standard yeah. text. That'd be pretty cool. This guy's got it. This Bro. guy's got it. Let us cook. Anyway, um, or that's... or you know, Star Wars. Just please start cooking. You know, <laughs> <laughs> one of the two. We'll take it. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, but we were talking about the the upgrades and stuff, and I'm like, dude, I, going back to what we said last week, like I need a Mando game so bad. Like the way this story, yes, I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, it, the way this like this show is framework, it really just gives off like this is a video game. You know, you play as this character and you're leveling up and you're going on these adventures and the main story is protecting Grogu, but you have the choice if you want to go, oh, here's here's this cool side quest where you meet up with people from your past. What's that about? And like, yep. or going to this planet and meeting up with this rebel drop, drop uh, trooper. And then, by the way, in that episode, if by the end of Mandalorian's legacy, he does not go back and marry this farm woman, dude. Oh, yeah. Absolute bozo, Din. Like, come on now. I, <laughs> the, I honestly, it, like... I, I wouldn't be surprised if like you know it that that quiet life that he wanted he ends up going back to that planet. He that- he wanted to stay. The only reason he didn't stay was because people were after Grogu. Nobody is after Grogu now, dude. Yeah. Like after the heir to the Empire stuff and Thrawn's defeat and everything, let this man settle down. Let this man get a dub. You know, like and hey, maybe he's gonna have to renounce the ways of the of the Mandalorian creed. You know, and mm. to be honest, I. I think that'd be kind of cool to do by the end of it, you know, but maybe, maybe he settles down and Grogu finally grows up and he's like, like he sta- like Me- Grogu continues the legacy, right? Like, uh, like I don't know. Th- there's no more Mando. There's only Din Djarin, basically. Like he just yeah. kind of hangs up the helmet. I don't know. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It, it would be tough, but I'm like this. She wanted him, dude. And he wanted her, bro. Like, like they, there was, <laughs> yeah. it was, it, it was, there was chemistry happening. It was, like, it was palpable. Yeah. yeah. Like he was going to, he was even going to leave Grogu there in her care because he trusted them, you know? Right. And, um, yeah. but, uh, 
What was I? What did I lead from that? Oh, the Mando, you, Mando game. Yeah, thing, so yeah. you were talking about a, a game, and I was like, because I was also thinking the same thing. Because Mando, you know, he's he's leveling up, he's getting gear, he's doing quests, but also he is uh, he's tipping the scales of different factions in each other's favor. Yeah, you know. So I can imagine like a, a game uh, decision where it's like, do I save Grogu and then I ruin my reputation with uh, the re the the Imperial Remnant and also mm -hmm. the Bounty Hunters Guild? There's or, moments like that where where he makes decisions, right? Where like for example, again going to the prisoner episode where he decides yeah. like you say you have the option, right? If, or I'm thinking of this in kind of an Elder Scrolls type way where it's like mm -hmm. you have the option of like you could kill uh his name is Quinn, the the Twi'lek guy. You could kill mm -hmm. him or you could turn him in and get the money. But then he decides he's like, "Okay, I'm going to turn it in and get the money." And then blows them up with the thing. Like that seems like a really cool creative way to like finish that quest you know to be like yeah oh, i didn't even think about that you know like he like i think about the dark brotherhood quest line in skyrim of like when you kill the the emperor or whatever like whenever i would get that money and the guy that hired you to do that i would always end up killing him afterwards because uh -huh. like because i was like you've like this guy kind of ruined the dark brotherhood and I, now i don't really associate with the dark brotherhood okay they're evil but like at the time <laughs> i remember being like i'm gonna get the money and then i'm just gonna kill you because like you've you've true, ruined this whole thing true testament of a dark brotherhood assassin <laughs> it's true i was um, like i mean i got the money but yeah Tell Jabba I've got his I've money. got the money. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really think that it's kind of a no-brainer to make a Mando game. It's also probably... I'm not yeah. going to say it's the best time to do it. I feel like the best time to do it maybe would have been like a year and a half ago um, when it was like really at its height. But people love Mando, right? Just just make a game. That That's a moneymaker right there. It's, Especially yeah. a, a multiplayer game where you can level up your own Mando gear and, uh, and, and team up with other Mandalorians. Yeah, I would, be, I would be so in for that. I would play that forever. And honestly, like for, on a corporate uh, standpoint, like you could make that a live service game if you wanted to. You could you could make that a ten year mm. game. And listen, I, I'm I have thoughts on corporate live service games because there's a lot of games that do it. But that is one of those games that I'm like, I'm down, man. Like, give me yeah. a, a long term Mando game that's high quality and gives me constant content and quests and expansions and armor and yeah. whatever. Imagine it says. Like next season, you get to uh, go to Coruscant and take missions there. You like add new planets and new factions. Like oh, like the Black Sun update, where you get to like yeah. work with dude. Ah, come on, man, that would be so. Or like the 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 remnants of Mandalore update, where like you can find a a, a Maul Delorean armor set. Bro, yeah, you get That'd to go so cool. to Mandalore and like scavenge uh, the caves and everything, and maybe even you can witness the. Uh, the mythosaur, yeah, yeah. That, that's like a that's like an end game boss or something like that. That would be crazy, take it down. dude. Um, if you if you end up taking it down, you can uh, change your uh, your character's title to being a Mandalore the Great, yeah, or something. Dude. Oh that'd man, be so that'd be really cool. cool. I know that's very MMO coded, but still, like the idea of kind of it having is. this expansive like Mandalorian game, which I mean, I, I talked about that. That's like my dream project is kind of have this like kind of Red Dead style Mandalorian game. Um, but I'd really I want like it, to see like CD Projekt Red tackle it. I mm -hmm. think they could be a really good studio for making that. Um, it would literally be a combination of The Witcher and Cyberpunk. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, and and they could do it too. It would be oh, great. Yeah. It'd be sick, dude. I mean, they are they're not owned by a specific company. So like, and now that the Star Wars license is, you know, 
at Lucasfilm license in general is out there for all kinds of different companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be cool if like, I mean, someone like, well, I don't know if the legality of this, but like Rocksteady, for example, would be really Ooh. cool. Um, That'd be good. Man, like, especially with, with how they've uh, got Suicide Squad killed the Justice League right now with, with yeah. Deadshot's gameplay, Deadsh- his, yeah. his jetpack. Yeah. I mean, like when you were even Harley's grapnel gun, dude, like that's a a Mandalorian thing. Like (laughs) it's so doable right now. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're, we're rambling, but (laughs) yes, as we do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I was taught the video game and like the foreshadowing thing I'm looking at, uh, and all my notes. Um, let's see. Oh, one little thing that I noticed is that the farm lady, I forget her name. She uses, uh, the Relby V10, which is boss gun. Thought that was funny. Oh yeah. She picked you know, that up and she's like dead ring in this pan. I'm like, bro, okay. You know, there was actually, at least from, from what I recall, there was a little plot thread in there that wasn't explained that What's he that? basically asked everyone who, out of all of them who knew how to shoot and she knew how to shoot, but it never said why. I kind of love that. Yeah, and so I'm like, What's her what's she, her backstory? I don't know. In that moment, she, uh, she won Mando's heart right there. He went. It, there was hard eyes beneath those helmets. It was like, he was like, it was like say less. I mean. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is like right after she gets that Relby V10, and she's like, pew, 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 just like hits every single and shot. She makes dead. every shot. So like, she's dropping those there? platoonians like nothing, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> crazy. It's kind of embarrassing. Um. <laughs> So, man, what's what's the next episode after that? Is that the gunslinger? Yes, dude. Okay, that was the next thing I was going to say. Toro Calican, you suck. I hate you. <laughs> he He's like... It, he, he's basically like a, a Han Solo wannabe. He really is, dude. And w- one thing that I really hate is that I really like his drip. And I think that's I think that's intentionally so because yes. you can tell that none of it is for utility's sake. It's only to look cool. It's for well, it, it even adds up. It's all for flair. Like he gets the speeder bikes, and then also when they meet up with the the Tuscans, and yeah. he has the binocs. Din is like, give them the binocs. He's like, those are brand new. Like he's like a rich How much boy. much that cost? Yeah, exactly. Like he's just a rich boy playing the part of bounty hunter. Like he yeah. sucks, but he he's trying to have like this. He's a fraud. Like you're a fraud, Toro Calican. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I really enjoy that episode, just yeah, because me too. I, I think it's, it, it shows a lot of just how competent Mando is as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I love seeing him, uh, like conversing with with Tuskins in their own form of sign language. I think that that's yes. really great, and how he just kind of understands their their culture and kind of their their bartering ways. Yes. Um, but also uh, recognizing uh, how to get past Fennec's shots by releasing a flare. I, w- I was going to um, say, like, he just, he, it gives so much context to his backstory because, like, he's, he, well, there was a, another thing that I mentioned is, I, that I found interesting is I always was assumed that, like, Beskar, unless it was under extreme heat, was just impenetrable. But he, mm. he directly says he gets shot by Fennec and he says, my Beskar held up at that range. Which implies that, like, if it was, at, like, a really close range shot with her high-powered rifle, like, it would have gone through Beskar. Uh, which is that's, very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting considering, uh, like, lightsabers. Yeah, and stuff like I, that. It, I think it has something to do with velocity, like yeah. rather than 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 just heat, because like it makes I guess makes me think that like you got to put that under. I mean, we see the furnace that the armorer uses is like it is 
hot. Like it is boiling. Yeah. So I think it's got to be at a very, very high temperature, even higher than a lightsaber. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm assuming. Um, I'm assuming that if you shoot a lightsaber at that velocity, it's definitely gonna impale him. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, if you were to if you were to put a lightsaber in a high powered cannon, it would go through Beskar. But um, but yeah, the but yeah, the, you're right. The like the flare thing, even when Calican, but he kills Finnick and then kills, takes out Finnick and then uh, holds uh, uh, is it Pelimoto? Is that her name? Uh, I I know at the very least Peli is her first name. Okay. Um, when he holds her and Grogu hostage and he and like she's like or he's like go uh cuff him up and he has the thing in his hand already and yeah. she's like you're smarter than than you look. I was like that that was another moment where I'm like dude, he's just Star Wars Batman because it makes me think of in Arkham City when the, yeah, the it's, it's gun. the race scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like oh oh race, yeah, that's true. The Cuz he, the he uses the the reverse battering throw basically. I, I was thinking uh, penguin with the freeze gun. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. Too, it happens a lot in the in those games where there's like Mando and Batman. Got, Mando yeah, and Batman. <laughs> they're like this, bro. Yeah, like. Um, but I, I was like, man, like he's so creative because he he blinds him and then just goes to the side and just goes bam, just shoots him from the side and doesn't even hit Grogu. I'm like, this man is smart, dude. Um, I love little scenes like that. Uh, just, I mean, yeah, the alternation of the, I mean, they wait there till, oh, another moment that's very Batman is that he's propped up sleeping for the night. Oh, like it's yeah. the speeder bike and the, and Calican is like, oh, sleeping on the job, old man. And he's just sitting there and he goes, you done? <laughs> and he's like, yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, that's so funny, bro. I think from that moment, uh, Mando kind of suspected him more. Yes. Um, was, dude, guy's such a, such an idiot like uh, also yeah, it's kind of it kind of sucks to see i mean i think tattooing will probably thrive more but it kind of sucks to see like tattooing is very very sparse and abandoned in that episode like it's there's not a whole lot of people even the cantina is just kind of dead can, you can tell that <laughs> it's it almost sounds mournful but like the loss of jabba <laughs> Um, true and also just kind of the the massive power vacuum within the hut cartel um it really shows and i mean the more that i think about it because he's technically in that episode a lot of it seemed to be set up for what they were going to do for bulba's character yeah um true and you know I mean, from what we yeah from, from what we have seen in a uh, mando season three uh moss isley's thriving now again or, yeah. or Ma moss espa i believe yeah, uh, that's true because there's like the there was the fireworks and everything. They were like uh, racing in the streets, basically. Yeah, um, um, and but I mean, also I guess it kind of sets up because Boba is teased at the end of this episode, which was yep really cool in hindsight that like to know that. But I remember that like there was all this talk of like who is that? You know, who's that guy? You know, yeah. I and remember, then there were people that were saying it's Boba Fett, but we were all like. That's so stupid. Boba's dead. It, I remember you told me specifically though that someone had pointed out that the the clank of his boot walk was the same yes. as Empire Strikes Back. Yes, and yeah. it was at that moment that we were kind of like, "Oh wait, no way." Mm, yeah. <laughs> wait, I don't have one. That's that's. <laughs> but still, also, I want to say in this episode, I really, I really like Finnick Shand having the backstory of her showing up in Bad Batch of like. She has a yeah. reputation. Din is like, oh, she's a trained assassin. Like, I know who she is. You know, she's killed for all of the top crime syndicates. 
Dude, even Mando knows not to mess with her. He's ba like the I even for I forgot his name already, but but that guy is just like Poophead uh, Duped. It's Toro Calican is his name. Great, great value. Han Solo says uh he's like he's like uh Fennec Shand and Mando's he essentially says the equivalent of all right good luck and then he, he went, just kind of yeah he just, he just leaves basically he's like what why and he's like bro that's Fennec Shand you idiots like I'm not and he's like fine but I get to lead point on it you know um yeah, she's like she's one of the uh one of the galaxy's best assassins which Dun makes me very, Cad Bane, so makes me very excited for Bad Batch season three because she's back in it again um, yeah, which which I'm I'm very intrigued by, but she's a character that I, I really do like. I when when the more I mean, she kind of fills this like less evil version of Aura Singh. Um, yeah, which I really like. But I, I I mean, the more bounty hunters and stuff you throw in and give cool lore and context to, I'm fine with it, man. I'm, give it I'm to always me. I'm always in for more of a underworld Star Wars. So yeah. And that's that's the best stuff in this show. I mean, going from you go going from the gunslinger to uh, the prisoner is just very underworld heavy stuff. Yeah, um, that honestly, I really most like. of the show is pretty underworld heavy. Like in at least yeah. in season one, um, they talk about. Which, I mean, I, I have it here in my notes. They talk about like warlords and and mm -hmm. things like that. And it's just that that like that three years after the Battle of Endor of seeing like. The galaxy is trying to recover from the, uh, not even just that you mentioned a power vacuum on Tatooine, but a power vacuum in the entire government. I mean, the New Republic hasn't got its footing yet, you know? Yeah, they, man, what, what did they, what did they call it? They basically just said like, like the fledgling New Republic or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but also something as simple as Mando turning in his bounties to, to, to Karga and offering Imperial credits or he, he offers him Imperial credits and, uh, the, he doesn't take that so, so the best he gives is calamari flan it's just like yeah. i don't know it just makes the it makes the the universe and the galaxy feel a lot more open yeah um i love when there's like when good. they introduce different currencies and things like that because i think yeah. even games like kotor did that where it'd be like oh there was there was different types of credits that you could get and i don't think it yeah. mattered too much but i was like that's really cool that they because of the state of the galaxy, like Imperial credits aren't worth anything, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I love that kind of difference because the, the galaxy is massive. Mm -hmm. There, there's so many different races, you know, and currencies and planets and, and governmental systems, especially in the new Republic era where things are, a lot of the galaxy is pretty lawless at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the loss of the empire, uh, throws everything from an oppositional control into, uh, a revolutionized entropy. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like everything, it's kind of like everything's in a power grab situation. Oh yeah. Um, and that's why I think that time period is the perfect time for Mando season one to be in. Absolutely. Um, and that was because, what I was most stoked about when they announced this season years ago. I was like, oh, it's like, it's finally the first stuff that's like right after Return of the Jedi, you know? Yeah, I think, I think at that time, it's pretty much like, it's pretty much prime time for bounty hunters because even in the Clone Wars, it's like, uh, typically they're they're either repping the republic or the seppies right because mm -hmm. they're they're doing specific jobs for those kinds of um opposing forces yeah um but then now in this form of uh in, in this land of law of lawlessness people will turn to bounty hunters to take up uh these kinds of jobs to do things that yeah uh are not being done um yeah. so 
Yeah, Mando season one is just such a good time, man. Yeah, I was I was gonna say about the the calamari flan, dude. Mm. I want to eat it. It's squishy. <laughs> it's like it like jiggles. I'm like, yo, it's just like little jello, <laughs> you know? It's like little jello. Yeah, when it, when dude. he puts it down on the table and it makes like a like a fleshy noise, I was yeah. like, man, don't put that in your pocket, bro. It, <laughs> dude, it's gonna just get all like I'm like, how does it retain its shape? Like I don't understand. It just looks like you would just be like. Yeah, know. I'm just kind of imagining it as like a, a dry jello or something. Yeah. It's just odd. I don't know. Yeah. I have a f I have a couple different notes because I know we've we've we covered a lot of the last two episodes. Um, but I have like little notes. When Den takes his helmet off in the village episode, mm. you people can clearly see his face. He's just yeah. sitting there. I was like, what? I I, I see I remember thinking that the first time I saw the show and then watching that moment again I was like dude like people everyone can see you man the, yeah literally are, all they have to do is look and they go yeah you you've got your you've got your helmet off just looking at the town square essentially yeah. um in the in broad daylight so I don't I don't know it would be um, cool I think that scene would be a little bit better if he's like sitting there watching Grogu play and then he closes the window and like uh, and then like drops the helmet, you know, like, um, yeah. Or, or even, even just put the helmet on the windowsill and show and show him walking away. Yes. Yeah. Um, or, or something like that. But then he just stands there. I don't know. Just, it's, it's, like, it's a nitpick. Nobody but, can see me. <laughs> yeah. That's no one silly. took my helmet off. I technically didn't take my helmet off in front of any, anyone. Cause I was alone in my room. So yeah, <laughs> it's like Schrodinger's cat, but just, uh, John Favreau's Mandalorian. Did it really? Did they really take off the helmet? If if Mando is not being looked at, his helmet is on and off at the same time. That's what it is. Um. Oh, another character that I love, uh, Mayfield, by Bill, Mayf played by Bill, Bur by Bill Burr. I love his character, dude, and that also helps to know what happens in season two with his character. But like, yeah. he's just like he feels like such a real character to me. Yeah, he he feels like a real character to me as well. I also found it interesting this time around that it was it was made a point that he was an imperial sharp uh, that that he was an imperial sharpshooter, but not a stormtrooper. He, he literally goes, um, he's like, I wasn't a stormtrooper, wise ass. Like, yeah, <laughs> which was I was like, that's so funny. That Bill Burr is so perfectly cast. His little arm thing with the gun. I was gun. gonna say, like he he has um he has a very minimalist arsenal. Yeah. Like he he basically just wears like black with holsters. a black shirt. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and that's it. But then he's got the the weird arm gun, and it made me think like I bet he put all of his money into that, so he didn't have money for other gear. Yeah, um, it's just a bunch of pistols. Uh, but I I really like. I, it made me think. I'm like, man, I really hope knowing that all of them are alive except for Quinn and the guy on that space station, mm -hmm. but Zian, um. His name is like his name is Berg, <laughs> which I think yes. is just a funny name. Um, and, and he looks uh, like a Berg, doesn't he? He does. He really does. Like I'm like Berg. That's his like name. imagine if he was just called like Walter or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jimmy. <Walter. laughs> that's that's really funny because Bill Burr is in Breaking Bad. He's the he's the You're other right. security guy with uh is it Huel or whatever yeah, his name? Huel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so that's funny, great. Dude. Dude, Bill, Bill Burr, and, and he he plays um, man, I forgot his name already. Uh, it, it, his Mando character. Oh, Mayfeld. Yeah, he he plays Mayfeld really well, and actually, he's kind. Mayfeld's pretty different in season one than he is to season two. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe he just kind of, you know, in, in he gets reformed a little bit. Yeah, because he's kind of a he's kind of an asshole in yeah. season one. Um, <laughs> but you still you still love. I think out of like out of that crew, he's probably my my favorite. I mean, like he, I love Zero specifically for his design, but Mayfield's character is great. He he. I think the reason the only reason he acts like he does in season one is because Mando kind of gives him some sass. Like he kind of, about the helmet thing. And so yeah, Mayfield is kind of that type of character. It's like he exudes peer pressure and he's just like, oh, like, you know, take off the helmet, man, take off the helmet, you know? And it's, but it's yeah. not like in an annoying way. It's just kind of in like a, like pushing his buttons way. And then especially when they discover Grogu, uh, right. it's just, it's a really cool dynamic, but like, Season two does a lot for his character, so I can't wait for us to inevitably get to season two. But um, but yeah, we've talked a lot about the prisoner episode. I hope eventually I'd love to see in season four, uh, like a reappearance of Zian. Uh, yeah, because that would she's be a really there's there's a lot going on there with her and Mando's past that I'm like. What happened with that? Yeah, yeah, they're like I do Mayfield's comment when they see Grogu and he's like. He's like, did you guys make that thing? I was cracking oh, up, dude. That's oh, so yeah, that, that was so funny because he, he would say that, too. Yeah, man, I love it. Um, but yeah, she, she's actually extraordinarily skilled with with the, her, her viber knives or like yeah, little daggers. Dude. That um, fight between her and Mando, she's like throwing all the knives and he's like, he's basically pulling like a Wonder Woman and like yeah, trying Wonder to deflect. Woman, yeah. yeah, and then one catches him in the arm. I was like, man, that's... I also just really like that he doesn't kill them. Like, although... I don't know how Berg is alive, dude. I don't know either. I just thought <laughs> that his face got, you know, absolutely trash compactor. But yeah. um, it's it's interesting because he kills the guy in the first episode with the door closing, like the circular door. And I'm like, that guy's dead. He got chopped in half. I was like, oh, so Berg just got squished. Nope, he's fine. Like, yeah, he just yeah, has I a guess, headache. I guess Berg is just really... <laughs> Durable, maybe? I, I was about to say, like, what it, are Deveronians just like? Do they have adamantium skeletons? Like, I, I don't, don't know, know, man, but Berg certainly does. It didn't even Dude, look like his nose was broken. He I mean, was just he, like, oh, I got a boo boo. I mean, he throws that freaking like monitor security droid like at the other one and it causes a gigantic explosion in the hallway. I'm like, and everyone's just kind of staring. I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, think, I think Mayfeld does that face too. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, he, he does. Yeah, it's so funny, man. I, I don't think they will, but I hope they get him back in season four. Because I, I mean, I don't want to talk about much season two too much, but that episode that he shows up in, it's the one right before the finale. I think people were kind of like, oh man, like what was up with this episode? Like because it, mm -hmm. you know, people were hyped up for the finale. But that episode is like, in my opinion, at least the dialogue that he has with another Batman star. He plays Joe Chill, yeah, yeah which is really funny. Uh, but like that dialogue, that's like Andor level quality, that one scene right there. I think that's probably my favorite performance in season two for Mando. It's so good. It's so um, good, dude. Just, I, I, I know that, that you know what still I'm thinking of. Just like his face. Yeah. Uh, when he's just staring at him. Mm -hmm. Um man yeah we'll I, we'll get to that when we get to season two but it was very yeah. good i hope that they like since they don't have a cast of kind of recurring characters you know season season one like i mentioned we had ig11 we had cara dune um and then grief karga and quill those are kind of the main characters season two yeah. was uh was like bo katan cara dune uh, I don't think Grief Karga helps them out on the the heist at the end. Um, I can't remember. 
I, I think he's only in one episode of that he, show. He's in one of the episodes, uh, but you I also have Boba and Fennec. Exactly. You have Boba, um, Fennec, and I think also the other two Mandalorians, Casca Reeves and the other dude, uh, They I think they help out too. Yes, uh, briefly. So, yeah. So in season three, like, then it's just the Mandalorians. But now in season four, I'm like, I want to, like, now that he's in this kind of New Republic era, I'd really like to see him kind of have a new cast of characters. And I think Mayfield mm -hmm. would be a really cool addition to that those ranks. And if they brought back Zian, like, that would be really interesting, too, to, like, have kind of two. I mean, she, Ooh. I don't know if she would, like, be, like, a necessarily a good guy, but I think it would be really cool to, to revisit those characters um as far as i can tell she is pretty evil so i can't yeah <laughs> i can't imagine her doing anything good um, yeah, she just kills matt lanter's character like nothing i know Re rest in peace uh davin yeah, yeah right i was about to say dave but it's basically the star wars <laughs> version of dave <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean what what if like as this new um ranger of of the new republic sponsor um he's like tasked with maybe hunting down zian and then he's like i i i need to i need to get someone specific for this and so he goes to get mayfeld yeah because um, i don't think mayfeld gets thrown back in prison like because he's on like I, some junk planet like i think they let him go they do let him go yeah i think they do let him go yeah um, we'll have to get to that when we get to season two but yeah He's yeah, I think he's kind of too interesting of a character to just kind of leave as is. Yeah, I think it's just I, up I really, to Bill Burr. Yeah, I really like his connection to Mando, and so I think that there's a big opportunity to to have him in future stories there. And I mean, yeah, and characters that I want in future stories with Mando, you know, I want Boba Fett to be back there just because it's gotta I, happen. I I want a. <laughs> I want there to be a better taste in my mouth than, you know, Book of Boba Fett from like the yes. last time I saw Boba. So let's get some proper um, writing on his name. Yeah. Yeah. Please give me back that that Boba from that episode where he gets his armor back. That was peak Dude, Boba Fett. Se season two in general, Boba Fett is just incredible. Like, yeah, they, I, I, they understood the character so well. And man, we're just getting into season two discussion yeah. now. Maybe that's what we got to do next. You guys, you guys let us know if you want us to see. Let us know. We, we gotta, if we do it, we gotta do it maybe before either it's going to be after bad batch season three. Cause that's, that will we're gonna be, be busy. We'll be busy be with busy. that. Um, but we're, we're kind of running out of time here. Um, but I, ha I don't have a whole lot of notes left because we've talked about, we've talked about a lot of it actually. Um, so I'm going back and looking through, we did that. Oh, my one thing is I just, the client, I know he's dead, uh, now, but uh -huh. he's such a funny guy. Like in the ending, he's just like, <laughs> I want to see the baby. Like, <laughs> I would like to see the baby. Yeah. Like he, I, I don't know. He's just, <laughs> you kind of get the vibe that if there was a, like, like a, a meeting of Imperial officers, he's just like that one kind of geezer that when he talks, everyone just feels very tired. Yes. Um, and they're just kind of waiting for him to finish saying what he's saying, but yeah. he's just, he's just so, uh, vaudevillain kind his you know his uh, his vocabulary is probably some of the most intense i've ever heard in star wars like the way he speaks is so specific yeah and he's also he's also dripped out like craven the hunter basically so dude he's <laughs> got the fur on his neck and the gold medallion imperial insignia like okay I, well again like i'll just kind of state that i really love this point in time where 
there are these imperial warlords. Like I love the I the term warlord because it it's it basically states that they aren't working together. They're all trying to mm. kind of stake their own claim. Yeah. Um, and this is another guy that's there, and Gideon just absolutely murks him. Dude, um, I was about to, that was the, my next point is like Moff Gideon killing everybody, like just wiping them out is so cold. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, I, I he was a menace. I really like Moff Gideon as a villain. Like yeah. Uh, at least in this season and the next season, like he's he's great. His theme too, uh, that was another thing that I want to mention with episode two is the Mudhorn theme is really good, but Moff Gideon's mm -hmm. theme, like Ludwig is going off, bro, with like the trap beats and stuff of like, dude, it, his score is incredible. Like I so could. I was watching this season, I was like, wow, I really didn't pick up on this when I was watching the show at the time. Yeah, um, he, he's it's, he's really good. It, it makes me upset that he's not really part of the show anymore. Like his main yeah. theme is still there, but he like, you know, I mean, bro did Oppenheimer. Okay. Like he's on, to, he's on, I mean, yeah, but it, maybe they'll get him back for the movie, which would be really cool. I think that'd be a cool way to round that out. That would be very, very serendipitous. We yeah, would, we, we would like that. I would like it. If you get Greg Frazier and Ludwig, ba Ludwig back, bro, the Mandalorian movie is going to be a near 10 out of 10. Like, I have no doubts about it. Imagine having Boba in the Mando movie, because then it's, we could give him the proper cinematic treatment. Oh, it's got to happen, so dude. Like, there's no way. Like, if you're going to if you're gonna make the movie kind of this rounded out uh, finale of the show, like, you've got to bring in all of the kind of major people, whether that's... Uh, whether that's Grief Karga or Mayfeld or whatever, like these, these Cobb Vant, Boba Fett, people that were like yeah. sprinkled throughout the show, like the, the Mandalorian, not Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Cause I was going to say Cad Bane and I'm like, nah, I don't want Cad Bane in it. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I love Cad Bane, but I don't want him in the movie. Cad um, Bane is a Book of Boba Fett season two uh, thing. Yes. I would say he's more tied uh, to Boba Fett in general. So yeah, at this point, yeah, I would say we'll probably leave that plot line to to, to that. Yeah. Um, unless somehow you know this uh, rivalry within the syndicates uh, is the plot of the movie, um, mm -hmm. which you know would be interesting. But honestly, yeah, at this point, I'm just I'm just theorizing like, what's what's this movie gonna be about? You know, yeah. like what it's... what if it is just like a cute little story about them hanging out on Navarro? You know, it's not actually action packed, which, you know, we know it will be. Yeah. But the, the key art is literally him like jumping out of a ship with his jetpack holding Grogu, which right. I think is like the defining shot of what the Mandalorian has become, which like that's fine, you know, but I, I definitely miss like to connect to the jetpack thing. And this will be my last mm. point is when he takes out the TIE fighter, dude. Amazing. Dude. So cool, dude. When he like he uses the, the 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 wrist launcher to like hook onto it or something, he boosts and straight he, up, dodges the tie yeah. fighter, and then yanks onto it and like grab. It's so cool. He's getting he's getting like whipped around too, and I'm like, dude, I would probably throw up if I was doing that. But yeah. <laughs> like, imagine I, me in my helmet just like, you know? <laughs> Ew, that would be disgusting, dude. Yeah. Um, no, I, that was one. Th going back to kind of one of your earlier points, like I love, I really like that Mando is not just like this tour de force you know like he he gets yeah. beat up he gets thrown around but he still triumphs you know and that's what i like it with a lot of my characters is like you know when he fights berg in the prisoner episode like he's getting thrown around and drug across the terminals and you know everything but he he prevails and the same thing with this tie fighter is like he he picks up one of the bombs and then it flies out of his hand and like he, yes. he doesn't get he doesn't hit every note the first time you know which i Man. really like 
I 100% agree. Mando kind of, Mando basically gets like the, the, the boot of the galaxy because mm-hmm. when you're, when you're going throughout season one, he's essentially going through a lot of the beats of a new hope, at least in terms of adversaries and environments and stuff. But yeah. he's always dealing with something in a way that it is just so oppositional to him that like, he's just taking L's, right? Yeah. You know, like he, he gets tracked down by, by those, uh, those Trandoshan bounty hunters has to fight them. Um, and then he fights the mud horn. And then while he's gone, his, the, the razor crest gets stripped by Jawas and he, yeah. he, and he goes and tracks them down, but then he gets zapped by them and falls off the yeah. sand crawler. Um, it's just, he, he's, he's dealing with, uh, with a lot of stuff, but at the same time, um, you, you just really love to, to watch him face that adversity again and again. Yeah. I like that um, they don't make him like, you know, this just infallible, like unpenetrable character where he's just like, oh, he's got Beskar. Yeah. Nothing can happen to him. Like when Moff Gideon shoots the, like the power pack for the, the, bla- the, the gun. It, yeah. I mean, it like Mando is going to die, you know, unless he yeah. does not get help. Like that's cool to me. Right. Um, and of course he's quickly, you know, healed up right after due to, to IG, but uh, which is a really a really cool moment, but I I just love that I'm like yeah like even though and it goes back to kind of that Batman thing of the way they fight at least Robert Pattinson's Batman is like it's not perfect it's not clean you know because they're just they're just yeah. people they're very you know talented and fierce people but they're still just people right um, yes he's he's still even even though he is like very badass as he is in season one you mm-hmm. know he's still unrefined there there's a lot that he has yet to go through like Mm -hmm. it's interesting because the way that they introduce him they make it seem like oh yeah you like boba fett well here's here's basically our new boba fett but then it's clear it's it's very quickly shown this is not like boba fett was at his prime you know i think boba boba at his prime would probably take a lot of these situations very differently but Mm -hmm. then as the series goes on he starts to become that he becomes more and more fierce with each yeah. uh situation so yeah. yeah you love seeing characters grow yeah it's i mean it makes me think of even in book of boba fett when he has the dark saber like he's having a hard time getting the hang of it you know he even injures himself yeah. at one point but like he still prevails you know and then you get to his hallway scene where yeah he's leveling up right like he's he's going through wave after wave and taking the shield and taking the blaster and so it's just it's cool to see how much he's he's grown and yeah he's still not like invincible but he yeah he can take a beating and still persevere which is really cool about him yeah it's like just seeing that growth like i don't i don't think that season one mando at the beginning even with beskar could could take down gideon as he does in season two or do Mm -hmm. the hallway scene as he does in season three he had to go through a lot of growth and getting beaten up a lot (laughs) to do that so. Yep, and he always gets back up too, which is something that I like in my characters. Is the when it, no matter it's how very many times they get, it's true. It's mm-hmm. it's the indomitable human spirit that's Din Djarin for you. So it, I know like people say that Din has kind of become the new Boba Fett, and for I mean he he has, but like I still view Boba Fett in a different light. You know, like the the closest that Din gets to the way Boba Fett is is just Episode One, really, uh, mm-hmm. and beyond that, like. He is a much different character. Now, maybe pre-early days, like but pre-Mando, right? When he's, you know, younger, running with this crew or whatever, maybe he's more like Boba, but 
that's, yeah. I think they did this intentionally where they're like, no, we're not going to just focus. Like, we're just not going to make him a Boba Fett clone. You know, we're going to give him, he has this intense code and this honor where, where Boba doesn't have that. Right. Even if being yeah. the daimyo, he still, he's still more of a savage, right? He's still more of a, a fierce and without a, he's, you know, he's the man with no name and he doesn't have a code. Right. That's Boba. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think I think when Mando's introduced to us at the beginning of season one, he's basically like, "This is the this is the character that we made from the Boba Fett template, mm-hmm. and so now we're going to turn him into something else, like you yeah. know, a, a, a father figure, you know, like a a, a warrior with a code, you know, uh, we yeah. we a ranger for the New Republic. Like he basically seems like like Boba and Mando kind of feel like two sides of the same coin." Yeah. Um, which you know, for 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 all its issues, I did love. I do love seeing them fight together in Book of Boba Fett. That uh, was very oh, satisfying. Yeah. Um. So yeah. yeah. Despite their differences, they're st- they're still bros. I think I made a a point a while back that like Mando isn't like full light side, but he kind of leans more to the light side. Where Boba is kind of leans more to the dark side. But they're not necessarily like good or bad i mean i would say din is that he's a good guy but i'm like i don't think boba is like a straight outright bad guy just in his prime he was kind of a you know i'm just doing it for the money sort of thing mando mando kind of feels like neutral good and mm-hmm. boba is more like true neutral yes yeah. um like uh mando is all about his code and boba mm. is in, in a non-narcissistic way just about himself and like self-preservation yeah. um so yeah yeah it's it's they they have a good dichotomy i think they've did a good job in canon kind of differentiating them but anyway that i we've got to wrap this episode up and we're gonna have to skip the the chat pack today unfortunately we'll double up next week i promise you um yeah i just i wanted to do this all in one take and uh and so but we've we've covered a lot of ground and i'm very happy with the discussion that that we had because we talked about everything that was in my notes so i'm quite pleased yeah, it was a, uh, it was as to be expected, a little tangential. Uh, yeah. But that, listen, when you're when you're listening to Mortis FM, you know, you you, you know, right? So it's what we do. It's what we do. <laughs> that was a Spider-Man reference. If you didn't know, but you should, because I love Spider-Man. Anyway, he does. That's gonna do it for this episode of Mortis FM, a Star Wars podcast. You can follow us at Mortis FM on all platforms, specifically Instagram, uh, YouTube. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can follow me at Shredster8. You can follow me at the.cosmic.drifter. Yes, you can. Cole, Thanks. may the force be with you. And with you. Always. <laughs>